talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. And welcome to this week's episode of the Artist Interview, where I, Gordon T., your host, get to talk to people from the world of contemporary Christian music. And I'll tell you what, it's absolutely a delight today to be talking to Leslie Jordan. Um, many of you all know uh, Leslie's music from All Sons and Daughters. But I tell you what, she's got a new EP out and, and we're going to listen to some of the tracks right now and hear her story. So uh, before we talk to Leslie, let's hear this first track, Love Will Never Fail. That was Love Will Never Fail by Leslie Jordan. Hey, Leslie, how are you doing? Hey, I'm great. How are you doing? Very well. Very, very well. Welcome to the show. Thank you for sparing time to tell us a bit of your story and share some of this music. I've got to say, I'm going to say this is going to sound rude. I apologise straight away that I sound rude. I couldn't with hand on heart say that I was a big Leslie Jordan music fan. Not that I didn't like your music, but in the run up to this interview, I have listened to your, your EP a, a lot. Uh, and really, I have been mightily blessed by it, and I am definitely a super fan of your music. So, um, so I'd just like to thank you so much for for your beautiful gift. And I'm hoping to get to know a little bit about you as well in this time. So, before we hear some of the tracks, do you want to tell us, or more of the tracks, I should say, tell us a little bit about your story, who you are, where you come from, how did Jesus come into your life, uh, and music become a serious part of it? Wow. Um... Well, I am, I currently live in Tennessee in America and um, it is way too hot to be outside in the summertime here. Um, so, see, see, in the UK, I'm going to interrupt for a second, but in the UK, we've just had our highest temperature ever. I read, I read that. But, it, but it, it, I was, I was thinking, wow, this is amazing. I can, so when I, was, when I was talking and conversing with people in the States, I was going, yeah, we've hit. And I went, we've hit 40 degrees. And they went, oh, that's, yeah. that's not that much then. So, yeah. so, 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 <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody knows how to convert the Celsius to Fahrenheit. So, so what, what, what's, what's your sort of summertime temperature where you are? Well, we hit 99 yesterday, but it was a heat index of 107 or 108. So I don't know what that is on the Celsius scale, but I think you guys were somewhere in the 112 Fahrenheit. Oh, okay. Is that, All right. Is that what I read? We were, we were, we were a bit hotter then. So <laughs> you guys, you guys beat us. You're, you, you have, uh, you've won the global warming race. <laughs> the global um, warming competition. It's the worst <laughs> yeah. competition to win, but we're, we're No ahead. one wants to be in it, but somehow we've all been forced into it. Um, no, well, I, I live in Tennessee with my husband and our son Judah, and uh, we live on a little piece of land where we host retreats and uh, songwriting gatherings, and um, our dream is, uh, is that this would be a, a community space for artists and writers to, to come and rest and belong, and that's been a long-time dream of ours, and so we're kind of uh, every day we wake up and we're like living in our dream, which feels surreal. Um, and uh, yeah, for the last six years, I've been a songwriter with Integrity Music. Uh, before that, I was in the band All Sons and Daughters, and we toured for uh, about eight years. And um, and I'm just really enjoying this season of getting to sit with artists and write songs with them, uh, because I was on the other side of um, the songwriting space for for a long time, where I was the artist we were writing songs for for our band and. 
And now I love being in that other space where I get to come alongside artists, help them uh, refine maybe a vision or an idea that they have for a song and, um, and birth that song. And uh, I had a friend of mine actually ask me what a songwriter was because she's, she's an author. She's like, so what, like as a profession, what does a songwriter do? And I told her that. I just said, I sit in rooms with artists. I, I hear their ideas. And then we, we kind of birth this song together. And she's like, oh, you're like a song doula. You like help deliver song oh, babies. Oh, yeah, said, song yeah. doula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, quickly bought the domain songdoula.com. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I did, I did have that. It was that aha moment for me that I... I love walking alongside artists and helping them uh, birth those things. And uh, it's been a real gift for me. Um, and so, yeah, this season of my life now, uh, releasing these songs as, as um, kind of flipping the coin maybe back to the other side, uh, being the artist a little bit. Uh, but um, these songs actually existed uh, previously on other records. So they are songs that I wrote with friends that went on their records and have already been released into the world through other projects. And, uh, and those songs mentored or, uh, ministered to me and, uh, really meant a lot to me through this last season of my life. And so I thought a, a cool way to honor those songs, to honor those friendships, um, and to honor the season that I'm in is to record them in a, in a new way. And uh, so I basically just, I call them old songs with new clothes on and uh, it's been a joy. Wow. I've got to say, I love, absolutely love the, the track Take Heart, which we will hear in a moment. I, I, you know what you said, you say it's, you've done, you've done with a lot of people. So Take Heart, who, who's that been with? Yeah. So I wrote that with my friend Taylor Linhart and she is one half of the duo Mission House. And uh, they're also an integrity artist and Take Heart was on their record that came out in 2020. Ah, okay. So, because I, I did notice, I think Take Heart also, I think Citizens have got a track called Take Heart, and I think also, oh, yeah. also and Matthew West has got. And yeah, there's a million. There's a million. Also, Great I Am. I, I'm just, you know, putting out songs that there's a million versions <laughs> of songs with the same title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah. but, but, beautiful um, music behind it as well. So, but let's rewind the clock further because I'd love to find out about actually your your background because certainly in the UK we're not we're not as sort of a christian culture country right. if that makes sense so yeah. um, many people might not normally go to church um at all or, or have any sort of faith background within the states i appreciate often there is um a faith element um that's quite common for yourself were you just always brought up in church yes yeah i grew up in church um you know i would say now re recalling your previous question how jesus came into my life I would say that Jesus was always a part of the conversation. Um, but relationally, I feel like I'm still getting to know the person of Jesus. And I think that's what's so beautiful about uh, about our faith. And, and maybe the complex nature of someone who's raised in church, there's a lot that kind of hinges on making that decision, that, that meet cute, as you will, that moment of, of being introduced to God and accepting or believing or professing those things. Uh, but there's lesser emphasis placed on the daily relationship. And I, I've been married for 13 years. And, and I think like if, if all of my, if the, all of the emphasis was placed on the moment that I met my husband, uh, it would be a pretty like kind of a boring story, you know, but I think about all of the life that we've lived in the last 13 years and that's what's made our relationship be what it is. And so, you know, I think, um, responding to that question for me is it's, it's multi-layered because, my relationship with Jesus 
as it relates to my relationship with my family and the church and all those things, it's just been a, it's been a process and it's been beautiful and hard and um, all of the things of, of trying to follow the teachings of Jesus uh, within the context of the church and how sometimes the church can, can muddy the waters a little bit for, for who Jesus is. Yeah. That, that's the trouble with imperfect people and a perfect yeah, God, I guess. Yeah, right. But, um, yeah, right, I'm, right. I'm, I'm counting myself very much amongst the imperfect people yeah. I should add. But, um, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and, it, and it's also kind of that, like if, if we always base our opinions off of God based on what other people's opinions are, you know, and in that same metaphor of like, if I only, if I only related to my husband based on other people's relationships with him or perspectives of him, that wouldn't be personal. So it, it's, uh, it's definitely been a, it's been a journey. And I'm, I'm so thankful that that was my foundation, that I was raised in the church, that I was able to experience those stories. Um, but I'm even more grateful that I've had this kind of, uh, beautiful and, uh, complicated and, um, and, uh, creative journey with God in the last I'm 37 now, so it's been a long time. Oh, well, that saves me asking how old you are because it would have been rude to yeah. me to ask. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll offer that to you. Um, yeah. So, so, and how old were you when you first wrote a song that you recall? Oh well, um, I was I was probably 11 or 12. Um, I started playing guitar when I was nine, and then uh, I I listened to a lot of country music growing up, and uh, my parents, you know, listened to music from the 60s and 70s so there were a lot of storyteller songs and uh that was kind of my natural inclination was to write songs that told stories and so you know my my first songs were were songs about being a teenager <laughs> which are uh interesting and then not interesting at all so uh, and have you thought about giving those songs new clothes and releasing <laughs> them as the, a hidden track no 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 list. those those deserve to be in a dusty box in the attic or uh, or recycled <laughs> somewhere no, yeah, it's, it's a sort of it's the sort of thing that probably you should make sure you keep a recording of somewhere to, yeah, to give to Judah, yeah. your, your son at some point. How old is Judah? Sure. He's four and a half. He's four. And a half. Okay, we probably wouldn't appreciate it yet. No, no. Wait, wait, wait. Is a bit older. Yeah. Okay, so um, and with regards to worship leading, how did that come about? When did you first start actually being part of the worship team at a church? Yeah, I was a high schooler, and um, they needed somebody to play acoustic guitar, and I played, and so I got kind of thrown into that role and much like my relationship with Jesus, I just did it. And then all of a sudden I realized how much I loved it. I just fell in love with um, being a part of a community of people who sang together and, and figured it out together and uh, did that more through college. And then as I graduated, I started working for a church and leading there. And um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a long time. And you talked about relationship with Jesus being like a relationship with anyone else with highs and lows. Is there a particular high? that you could tell us about? Oh man. I mean, a high, it, that's, it feels like a relative, it feels like a relative term because what my high m might be is different from someone else's. So, um, maybe as my worldview has expanded and, uh, we had a lot of experiences in the last 10, 12 years of being on the road of traveling around and meeting a ton of people. But, that was like trying to entertain this or, or, or understand and, and entertain this broad, broad scope of humanity. And, and so I, I felt, found what was maybe safest in that season was to, to kind of like live in this one space. So living within the context of the church. So Jesus for me looked very much like whatever 
church scenario I was in, uh, the band I was in. That was kind of who Jesus was for me. Um, And I think since that season, so my husband and I stepped away from the church we were a part of for 10 years back in 2016. Uh, and we've been a part of other communities since then. And, um, and, but, but what's been awesome is because we came off the road and, uh, we started to narrow that scope of people that we, that we lived in community with and cared for and who cared for us. My, the breadth of who Jesus was, has actually expanded. I have seen Jesus presented in, because those relationships may be fewer, but they're richer and deeper and more expansive. And so, um, that might be kind of a broad answer to your question because I wouldn't say there's one, maybe one high moment of me with Jesus, but I have experienced the love and the presence of Jesus among a lot of different and new people in my life in the last six years that I probably never would have expected to experience. Wow. Okay. So, which is a great thing actually to experience Jesus uh, with and alongside people uh, and to, to gain from uh, their walk with God as well. You talked about touring. Can you just tell us, so with, with all sons and daughters, did, did your husband Thomas come with you when you were touring or? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So wow. he, for a season he didn't, he was a um, kind of before and after. So he traveled with us for about three years, uh, ran lighting and production for us. Um, and then before that, he, he's been a teacher. He was a teacher by trade for about 12 years. And so he was teaching middle school. And then after that three years, he was teaching high school uh, mathematics. So, <laughs> um, but he's been out of, he's been out of teaching for a season, but that was a, that was a sweet and complicated season too. So being on the road with the band and your husband, and we kind of had two different schedules, but uh, you know, we look back on that season and think of all the places we got to travel together. And it was incredible <laughs> so and you, you did you did come to europe what, what was your yeah. favorite place in europe oh man that is hard to choose because we've been all over the place uh edinburgh scotland was just pretty magical um i would say you know I, going down to brighton in england was incredible we visited normandy and uh le mont saint michel and uh they're just these like you know, incredibly exquisite places. And then also I just love the, you know, wine country in Italy. We, we were there for, we, we've been there a couple different times in Italy um, when we were writing for the Poets and Saints record. And then my husband, we flew to a, a show in Sweden, I think. And then my husband and I stayed an extra week and we flew down to Italy for, for five days. And it, I just, I, I'd go anywhere over there, honestly. There's a handful of places I haven't been that I want to go to. So all of it, can I say all of it? <laughs> you, 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 you're allowed to say, well, it's a very yeah. diplomatic answer. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, yeah. so no, no one has been offended. I, yeah, I do yeah. think I heard the Scottish listeners give a little cheer at that yeah, moment. Okay, when right, 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 right. So yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. So, um, okay. Um, and um, when you've been touring, what's been, if you don't mind me asking, the biggest struggle for you that you've seen Jesus help you with? I, I am very wired for home and routine and my people. And so I think the road was hard for me because of what I mentioned before, that there was just this like, you're constantly around new people and you're constantly in new places. And while that can be appealing and very uh, fun, um, there was also this, uh, it just started to wear on me. And so I found myself with a lot of anxiety um, when we would travel, uh, whether flying or being on a bus in the middle of the night. And so there was just a lot of stress around, um, being gone a lot. And, um, 
and not feeling that comfort of home, uh, that comfort of the people. And, you know, our band were made up of a lot of our friends. And so that was always, that was always sweet. I always felt a, a, um, a, a sense of family with them, but, um, I, I definitely really feel like I depended on and the comfort of, of Jesus in those moments, um, when I struggled, uh, through how am I going to, how am I going to make it through this two week long, you know, run out on the road and have energy to give people every night, um, have energy to, you know, to be present in my friendships and my, with my family. And, um, that was one decision my husband and I made a long time ago was we'd, I've seen a lot of friends do it effectively, have kids on the road, but that was one thing I said I just didn't want to do. And uh, so we, you know, Judah didn't come into our life until a couple of years after we came off the road. So I'm, I'm thankful for that, to have to juggle that as well. I know there's a lot of, that's multi-layered to have kids on the road. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I, I've got to say, I, I'm very impressed with anyone who can manage it. So, it takes a lot of help. But it doesn't seem like something that would appeal to me. Yeah, yeah. Some, some kids are wired for it, so. and And you mentioned anxiety which i think post pandemic is something that an awful lot of people are struggling with have you got any tips for people who might be struggling with anxiety themselves particularly people who maybe haven't actually shared that in fact listeners i'm just going to say i mm -hmm. i went to the dentist this week this is not this might be too much information i don't know i went to the dentist this week uh, and the dentist said to me are you stressed and i thought uh, maybe a bit maybe possibly and they said well because I have been busy grinding my teeth at night and I didn't even realize. So, um, so, uh, so yes, that's how the dentist could tell that I, and, and the dentist is right. There has been a certain amount of unexpected and not, not much fun stress in my life lately. So, um, but, um, I've got to make sure I just keep taking that to Jesus. So have you got some good tips? Yeah. I thought I'd share that I've been struggling with stress. So no, do you have some tips so for, that you found helpful? with stress and anxiety for sure i mean i would say um i started going to therapy uh in 2016 and i had gone as a child through my parents divorce and then uh kind of swore it off after that i was like i'm not gonna do that but i was a kid i just had no idea um and uh so i started going to therapy in 2016 and i would say that has maybe been the most beneficial thing for me uh is to sit in a room with someone who listens and that's their only responsibility is to listen and to help you process through uh maybe life experiences that you have somehow shoved way down into the recesses of your body and your mind and um and so i'm that has been a huge gift to me um i also uh, you know, went to my doctor and said, here are some moments in my day and my life and my world where I experience a higher level of anxiety and, and, uh, she prescribed medication. And I'm, I know that that's kind of a touchy subject. Um, but for me, I had medication that was for very specific instances, uh, so that I, you know, could function in those moments. And, um, I started having panic attacks, uh, in very inconvenient moments. And, uh, found myself, there were just moments where I had to just lay on the floor with my back on the floor, looking at the ceiling, and that's all I could do. And um, and so, you know, I'm an advocate for all of those things, but I would say alongside of people and professionals who can help you uh, get to the root of that and um, help you find the right solution. Because medication is not for everyone, although I will advocate and say that I think therapy with the right therapist is for everyone. And um, community, people who know me, uh, that's been a really helpful thing. Being rooted and at home has been a really helpful thing. Reading, uh, finding the things that bring peace. So uh, there's a lot in our life that uh, 
tries to take from us. And we live, you know, in, in, in the States, especially we live in this very high productivity culture and now with social media and the, um, there's a lot that needs us and our attention, or at least the illusion that it needs us and our attention. And so, um, I would say, find things that don't need anything from you, find people who don't need anything from you and people who you can be yourself with and spaces where you can be yourself. And those, those have been, um, those have been, yeah, lifelines for me. And I would say in the last, you know, three to four years, my, my life has, has evened out. And I have found that I've been given tools now through therapy um, and uh, through some of those other methods of, of you know, peaceful um, practices. Uh, writing is always a peaceful practice for me. Um, those things now, my, my life, you know, does not feel as chaotic. It's about balance, you know. And I think uh, there's, a, there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score, and, uh, and while we may have experienced emotional trauma or spiritual trauma or abuse or whatever the things are in our life, religious trauma, um, there are things that we may suppress, but our bodies will remember. And so, uh, panic attacks, I think were one way that, that my body was telling me, Hey, there are some, there are some emotional things that you have to pay attention to. And so, if you just become a good listener to yourself, uh, yourself and your body and your spirit will reveal things to you that um, that maybe you wouldn't be able to know otherwise. Thank you very much for sharing. So so from your heart, actually, yeah. it's, those are good tips. But also the fact you said there are times when you just are on the floor staring at the ceiling. <laughs> you know, I, I, that's not a great place to be no. uh, but to look at yeah. to look at you now and to hear you feel like you've journeyed through a lot yeah. of that i i guess is uh encouragement to to people who might be right now in the middle of it feeling like there might be no end yeah. but to get to a place where you can find some balance it doesn't i suppose it doesn't mean that you won't struggle again in the future with anxiety right. it's about getting those balances right but yeah. um but it does give hope as well uh, so so thank you for that um in fact, tell us about this next track, because I really needed this track and I'm very grateful for it. So okay. it's called Take Heart. Tell us about the backstory to it, why you wrote okay. it and why it's special. Yeah, my friend, uh, my friend Taylor Lynn Hart, uh, who is a singer songwriter and also um, in a band called Mission House. Uh, she brought this first verse and chorus to me uh, back in 2019, I think. And um, we sat with it and we started reading through that passage of scripture uh, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And, um, something that has just been really beneficial to me is the recognition that Jesus doesn't say in this world, you may or may not have trouble. Like he says, you will have trouble. And so there is kind of this confidence that like we're walking into life with obstacles and we're walking into life with opposition and we're walking into life with, um, nuance and relationships and complexities and all of these things. And the take heart follows directly after that, but like take like, and, and really what take heart means is just have courage, have courage, B believe me, believe me in that what I say, um, and who I say I am is who I am. And, uh, we can trust the person and the nature of Jesus. And so I think, um, Taylor's approach to that song, that, that first line, um, hear all you children, of heaven's promise, shivering under a cloud of gloom. Here all you wondering where your God is, Jesus weeps tonight with you. I mean, as I say those words, I'm overwhelmed uh, by, by the truth of that. And um, that 
we will not live in this life without those realities, but we won't live alone in those realities either. The truth is that Jesus sits in those with us and weeps with us and feels all of that with us. And so we tried to sit in that and we tried to, to, um, to feel all of that and to feel our way through to the end of the song. And so I, you know, I, my favorite line in that song is, um, hear all you weary troubles companion, uh, praying to find a peace unknown where sorrow's river hollowed a canyon. Uh, the wounded healers water flows sorrows river hollows a canyon within us like and uh, and I love the troubles companion line too because it just harkens back to that verse that there will be trouble um, there will be sorrow um, but there is a God who is a good companion and um, and a peaceful companion and um, yeah I, I just I'm, I'm grateful for what this song has been to me and uh, when I brought it to my friend Jess Ray, who's the other half of the band Mission House with Taylor, she co-produced this record with me. Um, she had this brilliant idea. She said, what if we just start this song with two cellos? And there's nothing else. It's just this, because the cello is such an emotive instrument. And, um, and so uh, we, we asked my friend Kara Fox if she would uh, make a, a, a string arrangement for this song, and she did, and it just feels so brilliant um and uh i'm really grateful for how it turned out take heart take heart he has Take Heart by Leslie Jordan. And I'm very pleased to say that Leslie is still with us here for the artist interview. Leslie, thank you so much for all you've shared from your heart so far. Uh, it'd be wonderful if you could take this opportunity to pray for listeners. Absolutely. I'd love to. God, I thank you for this space um, and this moment where uh, we can be still uh, before you and uh, even in the midst of a conversation about music and um, journeying with you you are here with us and uh, i'm grateful for that uh, god i pray for anyone listening today who may find themselves in a similar position um, with anxiety with stress with depression um, those are all very real things and uh, and so god i just i know that sometimes calling those things out helps bring truth um, and uh, re those things to reality. And so I just, I want to speak out those things today. And I want to pray for any listeners who find themselves in that position. Uh, maybe, maybe you're laying with your back on the floor, looking up at the ceiling and wondering, um, is there anything beyond this? Um, God, I just want to pray for your peace uh, over them right now. 
um, in this moment, that you would be present with them, uh, that you would remind them that, that you are a good companion, that you are a peaceful friend, um, and that you do sit with us in our sorrow. And um, what uh, a beautiful truth that is, um, even alongside the truth that we will have trouble. And also acknowledging that sometimes is just a good thing. Uh, so I, I really believe um, in the power of your presence and that that is what we are promised on this side of heaven. So would you be with us now, be with us in this moment, and be with us as we move forward from where we are. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, Leslie. Uh, and if you're listening at home, maybe thinking, I don't really know who this Jesus is that Leslie and Gordon are chatting about. Just want to encourage you, if you're in the UK, to get along to www.findachurch.co.uk because there are many churches that would love to help you find out more about God's love. And if you're listening elsewhere in the world, then get in contact with the station you're listening on and ask them to recommend a great church to you. So, um, just to jump back there, Les, you mentioned uh, that you have moved on from the church you were part of. So um, was that quite a big church that you've been in for years and years? Uh, it was a church plant when I started, so it had grown f for sure. Uh, I was there for about 10 years, so I was on staff for a season and then off staff when we were touring, uh, but very involved in the leadership there. Um, but yeah, we, we kind of felt this there was a there was a lot going on in that season for the church and then for us personally and so it just it felt like um it felt like the end of a season and uh it was a, an easy uh, moment for us to make that decision to to step out um, of that community yeah so so and when when you stepped out obviously i'm guessing you leave lots of things behind at that point sometimes that's good because there's a break from it and sometimes there's pain in it as well what things were you choosing to step into what was it that you felt God had for you as you made that change. Yeah, um, rest was a big was a big thing that uh, we just we needed a new rhythm of rest. My family did, and um, neighboring was a big thing for us. Uh, so, kind of as I mentioned before, narrowing that community of people. We we lived and we, we've since moved, but we lived in a in a very small. Uh, neighborhood and you know we would see the same people at the grocery store every afternoon and uh, you know kids walk to the to the school across the street from the neighborhood and uh, proximity was big for us and we realized we've been gone so much we don't know any of these people the way we wish we did and uh, so that became really important for us and so it um, proximity so uh, the community we began kind of leaning into were the people that were immediately around us and uh, because of that, it was a very eclectic mixture of people and uh, some who were a part of our, our church prior to that and a lot who were not. And um, it, it grew our capacity to love in a, in a new way. And um, yeah, that was a really sweet season for us. Wow. Okay. And now, though, can you tell us about where you're living now and the fold? Tell us all about what is the fold. <laughs> yeah. So uh, back in 2016 uh, and 2017, started a nonprofit here in Nashville called The Fold. And um, our aim is to be a, a creative community for songwriters uh, to find their original voice within the safety of community. And um, and that's kind of a, you know, a wordy way of saying a safe place for songwriters. And Nashville's a really unique place. So there's a lot of people who come here for music. I'm sure that's a common understanding. Uh, but there are a lot of people who come here with dreams and visions for what they want music and songwriting to look like in their life. 
And because Nashville is that eclectic place that has all these people who do music, there's a lot of people who may have opinions about what you do and how you do it. Um, and so the fold exists to, to be that place that doesn't tell you who to be or how to do it. Uh, we, we are, um, a non-transactional space where songs can be written, but mostly a community is experienced. And so one of the, um, one of the facets of our organization is this creative writing method where, uh, one of the, the trainers of the method, cause I'm certified in this, it's like a 40 hour certification process, uh, to, to lead these workshops. Uh, one of the leaders, she says it feels uh, very therapeutic, but it's not therapy. Um, and, and so it, it might mimic uh, things you've been in before, whether group therapy or, um, uh, creative writing communities, uh, it's prompt based. Uh, but what I love about it is everybody writes in the moment. There's this prompt that everybody responds to. We're all given the same amount of time. We're sitting in a circle. You can share if you want to, you don't have to, but if you share the piece that you've just written, everyone in the circle will say back to you what's strong about that writing. And that is such a unique approach to creativity, one that I've never been a part of before because we're so used to presenting our work and someone saying, here's what needs work. Here's what's not working, right? We're always given this like, this is not good. And uh, even from papers early on as a kid, right? You get something back at school and there's red pen marks over the things that are wrong. And so we're constantly conditioned to judge the things that aren't doing, that aren't going well, that we forget to look for the things that are good and that are strong uh, and that are innate and intuitive within us. And so this this practice really speaks to those things. And it's a tool that, that I love to give songwriters to walk into a room and to say, you already have everything you need within you to do the thing that you want. And no person's opinion of that thing is going to shift or change who you are. Uh, it can shift negatively, but, but here's the thing, like you have to trust that person and that voice that God has given you within yourself. And um, so that, that has become a mission for myself, a mission for my husband, our family. Um, like I said, we, we moved, uh, it's not far from where we used to live about 30 minutes, but it's more out in the country and we have about 10 acres and, uh, we host listening parties for people who are releasing records who may not be on a label. Uh, we host songwriting retreats and gatherings for, for local artists and musicians. And, um, and so that's, that's the space we're growing. We're, I say we're farmers. We have a bunch of stuff that was planted here before we got here that we're trying to keep alive. But, but if we're in the business of nurturing, I would say we're in the business of nurturing artists. So that's, uh, that's the world we're in right now. That sounds actually really quite fun. I, I'm, it is. <laughs> I, I, I've got to say, it's. Uh, I, I sometimes when I talk to people, they they do talk. Particularly sometimes when I'm not doing the interviews, but but before, or after, more often after, about some of the pressure that that they feel to try and always perform or to to reach certain numbers or that sort of game. That's the pressure is piled on. You mentioned social media briefly earlier on, um, and I guess that's one. I've I've got an Instagram account. And I've never put a post on it, so uh, so I've got I've got numbers of people following me. But I just think if I start posting, there yeah, is a little bit of pressure I need to at some point. But I've, I haven't yeah. I've resisted. So um, because don't do it, don't give in. <laughs> it does make a really poor yeah, account. Yeah. But yeah, it's um it's one of those things where uh, I guess um if you're doing something that you're loving and looking looking at you as you talked about it, it just sounded like you loved it. Um, yeah. And the fact it's releasing to other people and enabling them to 
to I guess bring out the gold is is one of the terms people might say but yeah, without great. it being forced out and changed into a shape that they didn't want it to be in so um yeah. that that sounds like a wonderful songwriting process I I've, yeah. I've not heard of it before but it it sounds good and when you told me it was called the fold it sounded like it was going to be maybe uh, an origami workshop but, yeah yeah, um, yeah yes that's what that's exactly uh, paper airplanes yeah <laughs> but, it, but it's not so so okay um and how, how often does it happen? How many times do people come on these retreats? Does it, uh, now, just for listeners, I suppose you might be listening to this any time on the podcast. Uh, it's um, July 2022. So uh, we are, we can't say we're post-COVID, we're living with COVID or whatever. I, that might be the way to describe it. Uh, yeah. So so you were doing retreats. COVID probably made everything go online, I'm going to hazard a guess. Yep. Is it is it everything sort of back open and working as as you dreamed? No, no. And that's part of the shift for us is we actually used to own a retreat space uh, with some friends of ours and, and COVID kind of shifted that for us. And so th this new iteration of the dream is is we're growing this property to be a space where retreats can happen more consistently. Uh, but because of COVID and just the way the nature of uh, of growth is that it's going to take time for that. So we've, we've had a few retreats um, and we've held them mostly outdoors, so we can't have them in these hot summer months. Uh, but we do, the listening parties have been pretty fun because we do those after the sun goes down and we just have a host of picnic tables. It's, it, we've got, there's a bunch of grapevines that were planted here. And so it, it feels vineyard-esque. So you're sitting out and watching the sun go down. And uh, it's those moments when we have people gathered here, it feels like we're on the path toward that vision. Uh, and we're just taking taking the time that it needs to take to grow something. Something that I was told when we moved out here, I had some organic farmers come and kind of give us a scope of the, the property. And we don't, you know, we're not farmers. My husband and I, we're not gardeners. I, I had one like above ground garden 10 years ago and it all failed. And so it's been a steep learning curve for us. But one of the things that the gardener said to me, the farmer, she said, you are not uh, a farmer of plants, a gardener of plants. You are a gardener of soil. You don't grow the plants. You grow the soil and the soil grows the plants. So if you have good soil, you'll have healthy plants. And uh, that has stuck with me in so many aspects of my life as a parent. Like my job is to create healthy soil for my son so that my son can thrive and grow. And, uh, and when I think about the fold and when I think about the future of this organization is I want to sow into the soil and make sure the soil is right and healthy and good so that there will be lasting health within the folks who come through our organization. And um, so we're just, we're doing that with the time it, it takes to do it the right way. And, and is it sort of an invite only sort of process? How, how do you come into contact with people to come onto your um, groups? Yeah, so we, we have had open writing groups in the past, which are not songwriting. They're just that creative writing process. Um, and, and the magic of that happens in person. So we've done them online, but it's just really hard. You lose a bit of that humanity when you're online, as you know. Um, so we have stopped doing some of those open writing groups. Uh, the retreats have been invitation only at this point uh, because we're a newer organization and, and because we're so local here. Um, but one of the things that I, you know, we have, we have um, myself and the board and, and some of the, the other leaders who are certified in this method uh, that we've started doing is coming alongside other organizations and saying, we have this tool that we can bring to your church. We have this tool that we can bring to your label. We have this tool that we can bring to your organization. Uh, and it's a means for kind of opening people up uh, to themselves and to one another and to God. And so uh, we've, we've, co-led and co-hosted a lot of uh, other retreats and um, 
community gatherings where we do this writing practice together. Uh, so that's one thing that we have been offering uh, since COVID has become a part of our reality is we may not host all of the things, but we can come alongside organizations who do host things and want uh, a little bit more of what we do. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, we we just said about social media and, and, and now I'm going, wow, how, how hypocritical of me, because my next thing is to say, if people want to connect with you, <laughs> where, where do they find uh, well, you on I'll social get, media, etc.? You, you can send me snail mail at, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, anything Leslie Jordan music. So that's on Instagram. Uh, actually, I think Twitter's, it's Leslie Jordan, I-T-S, Leslie Jordan, um, LeslieJordanMusic.com. But the fold is the fold.us. So those are, uh, you can email uh, through that, and um, myself or, or uh, someone who works with our admin crew can will field those emails. So, yeah, I, I am thankful for the the uh, the necessary evil of social media and what it offers us uh, through through connection for sure. Yeah, the connection side of it that 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 is that is a benefit. I've, it is. It's so easy to waste time on it though. So um, anyway, uh, not enough of me going. Oh, I don't like social media today. Um, <laughs> So, so you're just saying what all of us are thinking though uh, well maybe yeah I, 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 I haven't made my mind up yet talking to some of the best names in contemporary christian music this is the hope fm artist interview in regards to the bible uh, who is your favorite character or which is your favorite story from the bible and why uh you know in this season of my life i have a hard time i have a hard time saying which one's my favorite but i think there have been some in the past that have been really important to me um, there was a season in my life where uh, the story of Elijah really resonated with me and um, God wakes him up and says, you're, you're not done yet and um, there's more for you. And uh, Elijah becomes someone who mentors other folks. And um, so I think that story was pretty significant for me. Um, it's easy to get kind of lost inside your circumstances and feel uh, like maybe God gave up on you or the people around you gave up on you. And it's just easier to sit under a tree and let it all go. Uh, but I think um, that that voice was a good reminder for me. Like, hey, get up and eat something because it's not, we're not wow. Okay, that well, that's an encouragement. For anyone out there right now thinking, oh, no, I've, I've missed it or God's finished that and there's nothing left and I just now have to sit and just wait till heaven just want to say wherever you are on your journey there's always more god always has a good plan and um i just want to encourage people to be listening uh, for those little prompts and moments when he reveals more of his love and i love the fact you said about eat something just take some care of yourself don't you <laughs> yeah you don't, you don't have to rush at a thousand miles an hour because god's already ahead of you and he can take care of the path just make sure that day by day you walk with him yeah. so um your your ep so launched on the 22nd of July, yeah, 2022, yeah. six yeah. tracks on it. So we're getting to hear half of the EP as part of this show today. Um, what's your favorite track from the EP? Oh, I, that's like asking which kid is your favorite kid. I only have one kid, so I, that question doesn't bother me. That's easy for you. It's yeah. easy for me. It's him. Um, I, I really don't know. I, I think there are different days that different songs are my favorite song. And, um, I think uh, the one song to me that feels like it stands out the most is is Great I Am, only because it's a song that I feel like uh, it was a part of a record uh, through YWAM Kona Music. So uh, if you've heard of the organization Youth with a Mission, 
They're I, I spent time doing a DTS with you for the mission Whoa, many years ago. There you so go. Awesome. So you're familiar with it. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I um through Andrew Osinga, the A and R at our label, again, he he brought me out to Kona a few years ago to write in Hawaii with um with a the community of songwriters out there for a record and I got to help write this song with a couple other amazing uh writers, Carly Ruiz and Maddie Thompson and um, and this song went on their record and, and it was a song that when I, I left that writing experience, I thought, gosh, I love that song so much. It just felt like, um, it felt like a lot of, uh, the, the truths that I tried to hold on to, which is when I look in my past, when I look backwards and I see in my life, if there's moments of doubt or question or concern or fear or anxiety, um, I have a tendency to future trip and worry about what's coming. And I think by the nature of God, God also lives in the future. Uh, so there is peace in that. But for myself, I can look back in my story and go, here is where God showed up. Here is where I experienced the true nature of God. And so those little Ebenezers have popped up throughout my life where I go, oh, yeah, this is where God saved me. And I can trust that. If right now I have trouble trusting this moment, I can at least trust the truth from my past. And and uh and trust that there is um, a present and a future with him so i've loved this song and i loved the production of it it just i feel like it kind of um it lent itself toward this really kind of ethereal folksy sound we've got banjo on the track and uh there's this really cool lead part that i feel like is um it just feels like if feelings could become melodies that's what i feel like this song is for me like i, I have a lot of feelings when i listen to it and so it's um it's a special one I can't say it's my favorite because I'm trying to be diplomatic again. You, you caught me. I love them all, but I do love this song. You have been the in the storm. You are still the voice I listen for. You will be the rock on which I stand. The great I am. And that was Great I Am by Leslie Jordan and it was an absolute honour to chat with her today on the artist interview and there are many other interviews that you can listen to as well just go to your favourite podcast platform and search up the artist interview thanks so much for joining me Gordon T I look forward to being with you on the next episode God bless bye bye